Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Friday. It's March 10th, 2017, and we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're in chapter, the chapter Bill's story. We're going to be reading on page 13. We're going to start with the second paragraph there, I humbly offered myself to God, reading three paragraphs, commenting on paragraph four. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Shannon B. The 12 traditions, Cheryl R. The, our readers will be Jackie B. and Deb W. Uh, for our text today is Third, I mean, I'm sorry, share, the share IDs, that's a four-digit number, for Thursday, March 9th, is 2017, is for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 9705, and for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 9707. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting Outside <clears throat> donations, pardon me, OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, kindly um, mute your phone if you're unmuted, star one. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, and that's to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Shannon B. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Shannon B. from Athens, Georgia. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you, Shannon B. I will now ask Cheryl R. to please read the Twelve Traditions. Good morning. This is Cheryl R. from Virginia. The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. And thank you much, Cheryl R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. And to share, press star 1 
to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then please press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study in the big book on page 13. We're going to begin our reading on the second paragraph, and we're going to end then on the fourth paragraph, um, but that would be in great measure, and we're going to comment on the fourth paragraph. So I will now ask uh, Jackie B. if you would kindly start reading. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx, New York, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, can I be heard? You can. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the service. There I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood him, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. I have not had a drink since. My schoolmate visited me, and I find and I fully acquired him with my problems, acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had I hurt or, or towards whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrongs. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. I was to test my thinking by the new God conscious within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive, receive, but that would be in, a, in great measures. Hi, I'm Jackie. I am a compulsive eater, recovered today, one day at a time, from the Bronx, New York. Thank you very much for this service. Um, this is unbelievable. Uh, I've been in this program over 25 years. Uh, my current abstinence is over seven months. And I have found that doing it the vision for you way is the way for me through the big book. Um, and what I get from this is is that I now understand that there are conditions here that are required. But these requirements give me more freedom today than I've ever had before. Um, because I always felt that I had to control everything. And when I now say, you know what, stop the noise in the head, stop everything, and just listen. Just say, every morning I say that there's a prayer. I say, God, I give everything over to you. You handle it. 
you guide me, you give me a direction. And whatever it is, regardless, regardless, I'm talking about, I've been through everything in this program. But really now I turn everything over to my higher power that you handle it, you guide me, and I will just follow. As long as I am a service to others that I do not say give you a checklist of everything I want you to do for me, um, but ask you, guide me, let me know what your checklist is, and help me see that this is the direction I need to go. I'm just totally amazed. The food is down because I no longer feed myself with the ingredients that trigger me. Um, I no longer um, crave, so my mind is free, free to be open and willing to work this program every day, um, you know, and, and not be worried what other people think. You know, that was the whole thing. I always worried about what everybody thought about Jackie. God forbid Jackie should just follow directions, that Jackie should just listen and be of service, really of service, not a martyr, not a saint, but be of service. You know, making sure I get up this morning and be willing to say, hey, i got to get here. I've got to be available. I've got to do service. I've got to give back. Not, you know, yeah, I'm scared to read. I'm scared to give my opinion. But then I realize I'm another sick and suffering compulsive overeater. And that all I have to give is what has been given to me, the experience, strength, and hope that this big book gives me by studying, by saying, you know what? You could have a college degree. You could have a high school degree. You could have an elementary degree. But having a compulsive overeater degree in working the big book is what's keeping me of service to others. I can talk to other people. I can say hello to other people. Um, People like me today, you know, and I can feel it and I can see it. And when people text me from fellowship and say, listen, I'm having a hard day. The food is calling me. I can use the big book and the stuff that we're learning in Bill's story to say, hey, I'm sending you hugs and this is what Bill said. And it works. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Jackie. Okay, now we're going to uh, focus our comments on page 13, the fourth paragraph that begins, I was to test ending, but that would be in great measure. Who would like to begin? Tina S. Okay, I hear Holland G. I have I hear Tina S. I hear Michael. Michael, what is your first Michael, what is your first initial to your last name? H. Okay, Michael H. And one more. Reva P. And then I hear Reva P. And Kathy C. Okay, I'm going to take that group, please. And the and I'd like to call on Holland G. Please to begin. Thank you very much, Janice, and to Team Friday. Thank you, all of you, for your service, making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, let's take a look at what's going on here on page 13. Bill goes into the hospital on the 11th of December, 1934, and he will be in there for seven days. And on the second day that he's in there of sobriety, so this would be the 13th of December, 1934, he, has, he is working the first 
10 steps of what we know today to be our program of Overeaters Anonymous as found in the big book. From there I humbly to to the utmost of my ability, he is going to work the first 10 steps. But when we, when we eat, the food does more to us than make us overweight. The food transforms us. The food destroys us. Now let's take a look for just a second here at the magnificent power of the recovery and how this is going to transform him, not just drinking or not drinking, but if we take a look at this paragraph, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within, common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request for on my usefulness to others, then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. And this information is spiraled, repeated on page 87, second paragraph in the 11th step. Here is Bill Wilson, self-sufficient to the nauseating nth degree. Here is Bill Wilson, the problem solver, the kid who passed the Edison test. The kid who got into his motorcycle to find out information on these companies that they were buying stocks in. And here's Bill Wilson, selfish, self-sufficient, working what we know today to be step 11. He is getting out of the way. He is sitting quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. And this 11th step that he's working is transforming him. It is changing him from a self-sufficient person, from a selfish, self-seeking person, to a person who is looking for the guidance of his higher power. This is history. This is transformation, and this is recovery. This is recovery. People call me all the time. What does it mean to say you're recovered? You're recovered. Well, if you look at page 84 at the bottom, after step 10, between and we've ceased fighting until the end of step 10, this description should cover a recovered person. But he's in step 11. He is now recovered. He is now transformed. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Colin G. Okay, Tina S., your turn. Thanks, Janice, uh, for your service, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, wow, some great shares. Thanks so much. And, you know, I, too, am on that same page of, uh, you know, initially, you know, I was was not about, you know, Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God, as I understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry that out. That was not what, why I got, what I came here for. I came here for the diet. Thank you very much. But through the process and the transformation of this, um, you know, testing my, my thinking, uh, today is, this is something I seek to do on a daily basis. And, you know, part of my morning meditation is to read pages 86 through 88. And I love that Harlan shared that because on page 87 is exactly this. You know, it tells me common sense would become uncommon sense. I'll never forget when I was younger, my older sister used to tell me, Tina, you may be book smart, but you have no common sense. 
I mean, I'm sure she saw what I did with my life. So she was like, you have no common sense. And, and it always takes, when I hear the word common sense, I think about that. And today, you know, I, I have a new way of thinking. I have a new way of living, and it's only through the process of these 12 steps. You know, and, and it tells me I was to ask only for direction and strength, you know, I wasn't to think about myself, you know, when I focus on helping others, you know, God takes care of me, you know, it says, you know, I think on page 45, it says God will solve our problems, it doesn't say that I'm going to, you know, be in there doing the deal, God, I'm going to help somebody else and God's going to take care of me. And, um, you know, what, what a great reading this morning, and I just so love that we're, you know, going in several short paragraphs we can do the whole 12 steps and Bill has shown us and and I have that opportunity today to do that myself if I choose one day at a time and with that I'll pass thanks and thank you Tina S okay Michael H it's your turn Michael good morning this is Michael H from Illinois Mabby Hart you can great great thank you Uh, good morning vision Thank you, everyone, for your service and for being here. I just wanted to check in real quick this morning and and share. I don't uh, something I don't know a lot about, and that's I don't I'm, I'm newly recovered, and I don't know a lot about uh, the history of AA. I don't know, quite frankly, a lot about this book um, from the standpoint of the history. Um, but what I do know is that by the at the time. I was at the place that I identify with Bill and his story here at the end of uh, step nine uh, when I got to that place in my recovery. I felt like I could finally start living for for the first time after four decades of living. I, I could finally start because what I was doing up until that point wasn't working clearly. Um, as an addict, as a food addict. And I remember finishing that and saying, okay, that's wonderful, but what now? How how do I actually live? Because I don't know how. I didn't know how. And that, that brought me to the miracle of this paragraph uh, where it starts to tell me um, how I am to live with the God consciousness and uh, the miracles have started to happen in my life. Of course, I uh, the first one being abstinent for the first time ever, and uh, now I'm starting to understand how to go forward living in 10, and, 10, 11, and 12. I just want to check in real quick. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you for sharing, Michael H. Okay, Reva P., it's your turn. Good morning, it's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. There is so much in this paragraph, but what I want to share on is, first of all, I did not come into this program, as was shared before, for a new God consciousness. I came here to be here for maybe a couple of months, get the food under control, get myself to a weight that I liked, and then graduate and get on with my life. Um, So I am so grateful that this paragraph actually is speaking to me. Um, And the first thing I thought of is to test my thinking reminds me that it's about practicing and applying. So he's done, you know, steps one through 10, and this paragraph is describing his experience with step 11. 
Um, but I have to keep practicing and practicing and practicing and applying. I don't just finish the steps, which is what I originally thought, and then I get my certificate and I get on with my life. Um, that's not how it works. And the thing that spoke to me the most is this common sense would become uncommon sense. To me, that's um, thinking about the sanity, um, sanity in my thinking, which then um, influences my behavior. And common sense used to be, before program, something uncomfortable, uncomfortable feeling, uncomfortable situation, eat, binge, hurt myself. Um, that was my common sense and that was my solution. And by working through the steps as outlined in this book and getting to the point where I'm, you know, where I approach step 11, the most amazing thing is I might get that first thought and like, you know, it's not about the food anymore, but it's about I must respond immediately to this email. I must call this person immediately and tell them you know, they've done something wrong. That's often my first thought. But the miracle of recovery is when I pause and ask, I get a second thought. And the second thought is totally different. And that is sanity. And then I react sanely, not only with the food, but in all my affairs. Um, and that is such a huge miracle. Um, I never had that before program. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. Okay, Kathy C., it's your turn. Kathy C., press star one to unmute, please. Good morning. May I be heard? You can. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Kathy C. I am a compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Um, this paragraph it has so much impact um, you know, it, it, it tells us where our self, you know, from, from coming from self-reliance to going God-reliance, you know, that, that, that um, transformation. Um, and the very beginning, it says, I was to test my thinking by my new God consciousness within. So I was to test, you know, it's, it's, it's not that I am right away, but I am going to to get there. This is what's happening to Bill. He's telling us, you know, his work that is coming up, um, his 10, his, his um, living in 10 and 11. Um, and the common sense would thus become uncommon. What, so how we were behaving, what seemed a, a natural reaction for us, how we used to think, how we used to react, how we were motivated, now becomes uncommon, meaning we don't do it anymore. We don't need to behave like that. We don't think like that, and so we don't react like that. Um, um, also, the prayer and meditation, it is, so, it is so vital for us to stay recovered. Um, you know, this is a spiritual program. You know, I've come to understand that if I'm not with God, I'm with everything else, you know, everything else out there, material, um, you know, hoping for human aid to help me. Um, and it never had. It never had. Um, and I am to pray. I am to pray to have God do with me as he would. What am I to do today, God? Show me where I am to be of use to you and to others. How can I help another? Um, and he helps me carry the message. Um, and when I, when I do 
when I do pray, you know, and it tells us, then I only might, then only might I expect to receive. Um, you know, when I serve, I am to receive. So the more I am out there doing His will, um, you know, my, my new purpose, my, my, my new, my new um, purpose of being here. You know, the reason why I'm here is really to live with God, and to live with God meaning means also to live in love. So I have to see everything with love. My perspective has changed. Um, just the, the way I live, the way I have to view things has to come from that perspective, you know, God's, God's point of view. What am I to do? What am I to be today? How am I to be today? And this is really to, to serve God and others, you know, in, a, in every aspect of my life. You know, this is a, the, the spiritual plane they talk about. And I have to remember this every day. This is how. This is the how of the program. How am I to get that higher power? By praying and by, by meditating. Not for me. Not, not for me, but for others. Through God's, through God's will. Thank you. I pass. And thank you, Kathy C. Okay, a reminder that we're going to continue on page 13, the fourth paragraph focus, beginning I was to test my thinking and uh, ending, but that would be in great measure. Who would like to begin? Larry. Renata. Oh, I hear Larry. I hear Larry Kay. I hear Renata. Renata G. I heard Lynn S. Elaine B. Oh, Elaine B. Is that you said? Elaine B? Yes. Oh, good morning. Elaine B. And whom else? Chris. 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 Wait a minute. I heard Chris. Is it Chris G? Chris who? Chrissy. Chrissy G. Yes. Thank you. Chrissy G. And I heard Sue G. And we'll stop there for now. And uh, we'll continue with Larry K. You're up. Hey, Janice. Hi, Janice. Good morning. Hi. Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, good, good, good. You know, I, I get on the line most mornings here. Um, well, every morning. I share most mornings. I practice. I practice doing this. You know why? Because it's, uh, it's part of my, my, daily, uh, my daily ritual of carrying this message. I do it every day. Some days I do it probably I'm pretty, pretty crappy at it. Other days I'm Maybe I'm helpful, but I, I practice. I get better. Um, the same with prayer. Practice is a repeated exercise in the performance of an activity or skill so as to acquire or maintain proficiency in it. You get better at it. It's funny. The first time I prayed with another person in this program, it was really, really awkward. It was kind of awkward. That person is probably listening right now. Um, it was kind of awkward, and I was invited to pray. And uh, you know what? It's not so awkward anymore. I've, I'm, I'm practicing. I get better at it. And now I can pray um, with other people, and it doesn't, me, it doesn't feel awkward. And nobody ever tells me, dear God, don't, don't even do that. You know, they're, they're cool with it. And, um, and, and you get better at it. You get more proficient at it. I don't pray for myself unless um, it, it – it, you know, bears on my usefulness to, to, to God and to those about me. So I practice that too. I used to practice praying for myself. That didn't work so well. Um, I'm in private practice. Um, I, I wasn't really good at it. I've gotten better. I keep practicing, just like with the prayer. 
you know, we move from this God consciousness or from this um, self-centered existence to a God-centered existence by practicing, by doing these things. And, um, you know, the first time I got on this line and I spoke, I was probably scared. I don't get scared so much anymore because uh, I've practiced. I, it's, it's, it's just something that, that we build and we get better at. So, you know, uh, for me, this, this program, we, we practice these principles. We practice these steps in all our affairs, and we get better as we go along. Now, if you stay on the sidelines, you'll, you won't get better. If you're waiting to get sprinkled with pixie dust to get better, you won't. It only comes by doing it, getting in the game, doing the deal, taking the actions every day. And then I defy you not to get better. Try it. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. Okay, good morning to you, Renata G. Did you call me, Janice? I wasn't muting. Ah, I did. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning. Good morning, family. Renata G. Recovered Compulsive Reading, Istanbul. Um, you know, the reading said I was to test my thinking, right? Because that that's what got me in trouble, my thinking. So my thinking had to be changed and, you know, common sense would does become uncommon sense. Like I I used to look at life, to face life with, you know, guilt and shame and fears and resentments and that took me nowhere. And so the, what the steps taught me was to, you know, a way uh, to have my thinking my uh, transformed and then, you know, to look at life from a place of peace and serenity and, you know, humility, uh, things that I could not do on my own. And then, you know, this idea that I need to always pause and ask for direction from a higher power because on my own, I go back to my, you know, default setting, which is, again, fear, resentment, um, you know, dishonesty. And, um, you know, um, I lost track of what I wanted to say. Um, Not coming to me. It was something about my higher power. All right, I guess I'll pass. Um, Thanks for letting me share. Well, thank you, Renata. Okay, Uh, Lynn S., it's your turn. Good morning. Mm -hmm. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive reader in Toronto, Canada. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. So many memories are just flooding into me as we read this paragraph, but the very first one is I had been to an OA meeting the night before. I got zapped overnight. I woke up. I hadn't eaten through the night. Miracle of miracles. And I remember standing in my kitchen and I was completely dumbfounded because prior to coming in, just the months before I came into program, I couldn't put anything in my mouth without it starting a binge. So I would go as long as I could all day before I ate, whether I ate a whole cheesecake or I ate a diet Triscuit with pretend cheese. It didn't matter. The minute something went in my mouth, I was gone. So I remember standing in the kitchen, just standing there saying, I don't know what to eat without it causing me to binge. And this voice came in my head. It was one piece of toast and one tablespoon of peanut butter. And that has been my breakfast 
since May the 9th, 1989. And it just, it, it amazes me, you know, and, and I can remember other times newly in program, and I'm standing there, I'll never forget it, standing there with three or four of us at work, and we were discussing something. And I, what's going through my head is, I know I'm supposed to respond, but I don't know what the appropriate response is. So I'm just going to stand here and say nothing because I know my initial reaction is not the right one, and I don't know what the right one is. And it, it, these pivotal moments in time are, are coming up to me, and it reminds me, it then brings me to yesterday where I was uh, having an issue with my aunt, and I knew that my first reaction wasn't the right one. But what's so interesting, too, is it wasn't the knee-jerk, hysterical reaction that it would have been before, but it was still the first reaction. And knowing, like I was driving my way to the bank and turning around before I got there, knowing that that was not the appropriate response. Maybe it was the right one, but the reason it wasn't appropriate for me was I had been in doubt, and I hadn't yet been sitting quietly asking for God's direction. I had phoned away people and I was driving based on my own intuition, which I have learned in situations like that, first of all, don't have to be dealt with immediately unless something's on fire. You know, There is time to wait. And to know that because I hadn't yet checked it out with God, no matter how reasonable it seemed to me, and in this case, it wasn't really reasonable. It was a gut reaction. But that I've been given the ability to be at the turning point. We stood at the turning point. We asked God's care and protection with complete abandon, and I hadn't done that yet. And this is the miracle of working the program for me. It gives me the ability to stop, to pause, to ask for God's care and direction, and it's amazing how it works. When we joke, there's the DNR, like, do not resuscitate. But for me, it's drama not required. But God is required. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Linus. Okay, good morning to you, Elaine B. It's your turn. Thank you, Janice. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you so much for your service. This is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. Grateful to be on the line. And wow, three paragraphs. <laughs> what a transformed life, you know, from offering himself himself to God <clears throat> because he had a problem with drinking to begin to sit quietly when in doubt, asking direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Don't pray for myself, but uh, make sure it's about being useful to others. Wow. Then might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. Wow. <laughs> I remember all so many times because I was so unblocked from my higher power, um, I would be like, how long do I have to be on my knees before you? Then I said, answer my prayer, but when I realized it was, give me what I want, <laughs> I was completely blocked. What a damaged relationship. What a selfish, self-seeking person I was. But I didn't think so. You know, I wonder if when Bill got on the back of that motorcycle and he's doing all the research, what a great thing he was doing for all these companies because he's going to help them get their stock back in shape and get the financing that they need and millions will make money, especially him. You know, he was motivated by self. And, you know, 
the transform life that that causes us to have this little chip of a book in our hand. You know, the the direction that he got over time, this was but a beginning for him, where he could begin to trust God to help him keep away from the alcohol, to find a new way, something else to grab hold of, to grab hold of God and to grab hold of others in a whole new way, in a way that transformed his life so that he wrote this amazing book that it, the ripple effects continue throughout this planet and the universe every single day in my life, certainly. And as I seek to help others, um, you know, perhaps they're feeling a little ripple effect as well. You know, to hear somebody get it, to, to, to have it dawn on them, to have them begin to get their direction and power from, um, from inspiration from God, to begin to shape their thinking, to stop looking at themselves and their plate <laughs> and their own resources, but to tap into a resource that is greater, that is directing them on how they can be more useful, is directing them to solve their problems. Thank God for step 11 that we get to do this. Thank God I was set to learn, you know, that all throughout the day I'm going to face problems like waves on the shore and they're not going to stop. But with each one, I can pause and look to my higher power for direction. I can get what I need to not soothe myself, and, and but that does come but to help others and help God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, uh, Elaine B. Okay, Chrissy G., it's your turn. Good morning. It's Chrissy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And I I love this program, and I love my God, and it's my favorite, two of my favorite subjects. And I didn't realize that what, what this part of the book or a lot of the book was telling me is that what was required of me was obedience. And that was a dirty word in my vocabulary. I never used it. I was very rebellious without any good reason or justification just because I, no one was going to tell me what to do. But it, was, it wasn't as if my instincts were getting me to very good places or getting me very far. It was just the feeling of being in control that I liked. The results were the results were horrible. I mean, the results were a bad marriage, um, really, and a business that I was in over my head, and a lot of disappointed clients. And that was, you know, and not to mention my health, which was, you know, my hair falling out and loss of my my menstrual cycle and I I have to say, you know, a lot of my life was um lost. A lot a lot of my life was lost in really the 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 blurry vision of my own self-will. Like just I didn't I couldn't see. I didn't know what I didn't know and I couldn't see what I couldn't see, they say. Um someone at my church always says and I I love that. I love that because it's so true. I didn't I didn't know. I thought that my only choice really was to try to figure it out. Just try to figure it out. And I got inklings of um direction from God, just intuitive thoughts throughout the time like no, do this. Let down your guard. Trust me. And that would come in the form of people or just just um lifelines thrown to me that I may or may not have grasped onto. 
But I'll tell you, when when I understood that what this program was telling me was surrender was obedience, complete obedience. And it's not that we don't have our, our thinking minds and we, do, we don't come to know intuitively how to handle situations that used to baffle us because that's one of the promises we do. But it takes it takes a lot of time to get to that place. And, and there's a trust element. There's a letting go. There's a letting go of, of the rope like a trapeze and being sure, being confident that I'm going to be caught, you know, and this, that's, that's a lot for a lot of people. And you gotta, you gotta feel like there's, you know, a, a, you know, a gun to your head for you to drop sometimes. And that was my experience, but my, the, the, the net result was that I was caught. And, and not only that, it's, my intuition has grown and my connection to my higher power and the people that God surrounds me with, I know, I know who I can trust and who I can trust now, which is huge. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Chrissy G. Okay. Sue G, it's your turn. Sue G. Hi, this is Sue G. Mm -hmm. I recovered from Michigan by the grace of God. I had a huge moment, a huge pause yesterday. It was the most wonderful experience to have power. It had to have all power taken away from me. I was helpless. And all I could do, my computer, the virus system, was infected. And they just quickly told me, shut it down. Now, I need that computer because I do service. I communicate with my sponsor and my food sponsor and and um, my sponsee, and I never prayed so much in my life. Now they talk about the God consciousness within. It was built in the spiritual experience. They refer to that as the more religious ones, and that's my experience, my God consciousness within. My common sense would have been to eat, to um, not to pray, except God help me. Give me my computer back. But I kept on praying that I would keep my mouth shut when I was able to take the computer in the next day. And the next day I got didn't get to take the computer back home with me. And I'll tell you, there's freedom in being powerless. That freedom is wonderful as long as you pause and as long as you pray. I prayed for the computer guy, that, the geek that was going to work on it, I prayed all the way over there the next uh, the day, taking it in. And now I don't have a computer. And I am having a ball, just spending time with God. Um, I, it, it is, I could not believe how I, by doing that pause, that, and praying for direction, how the, I didn't have any desire for food. This is new for me. I've never had a crisis that seemed appeared to be this big. I've had health issues, but I've never had something outside of myself that literally um, there's nothing I can do. It was wonderful. And um, I don't know when I'll get it back. So I made a phone call to one of my sponsors and gave her my food instead of doing it by computer. 
And I, it's taken me a while to learn not to pray for myself. Even while I was praying that I would get my computer back, it was for the purpose of service. Um, and that it, they would be able to take care of it when we took it in. But when they said, we're going to have to keep it for a couple of days, it was like, huh? What? And I just prayed all the way home in the car again while my husband was driving. I don't think I could have prayed that well if I had been driving myself. But And thank God for my husband being willing to drive me. I really just, um, I know that I'm going to receive in great measure. Because I'm praying in great measure. And I'm... Time. And I, I do trust that I'm going to receive, that, that that computer's going to come back and it's going to be just fine. And even if they send it out, it's going to be just fine. That's going to take care of it. Because I stopped, I paused, and I prayed. And I'm continuing to pray. With that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Sue G. Okay, well, I think we can take a couple or more. Who would like to be next? Uh, I am. Okay, I hear Nessa. Uh, let's do um, Leah M. and Irini. I think I heard Irini. Yeah, thank you. Okay, please, go ahead, Nessa. A couple of minutes, maybe. We can get everybody in. Thank you. Thank you. This is Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. So a personality change is essentially what recovery is. And... Um, a person, my personality is what I think, what I say, and what I do. And so my thinking really is at the root of everything. And my thinking was got, got, what got me into, um, this thinking actually, was what got me into a, a almost 200-pound body on a very petite frame, what got me into uh, trouble in pretty much every single one of my relationships with my family, with my friends, my uh, professional life, everything. And so that had to be transformed because, you know, when my thinking is poor, then my actions are going to be poor. My um, life is going to be pretty poor. And so will the life of those people around me. But when my thinking is good, my actions are good, my life is good, and so is the life of everybody around me. And so the thinking is very essential, and it needs to be transformed. But it's impossible for me to think differently because I don't know how to think differently. I always thought the way I always thought. Um, you know, how can, how can I teach myself something that I, I don't know? As was said before, I don't know what I don't know. I can't see what I can't see. So... The steps taught me a new way of thinking, a new way of thinking that is not focused on me. You know, it transformed my thinking from, okay, uh, what do I think I need into what am I needed for? It took me away from a self-centered life to a God-centered life, you know, and I was thinking about the song, you know, um, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. For me, it was looking for happiness in all the wrong places, in all the if only, if only I was thin, if only I had money, you know, if only, you know, whatever, my, my family um, accepted my values, if only my kids took out the garbage. And of course, it was all about me, and I never found happiness when I was looking for happiness. But now, um, 
that I'm more focused on other people and how I can be of service to them and to God, you know, happiness has really come my way and therein lies the paradox of that personality change. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you so that we can get two more in in a couple of minutes probably. Leah M., it's your turn. Thanks, Janice. Thank you. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Um, You know, that is um, the goal today, to be governed by um, a higher authority, to live according to the dictates of God. Um, You know, I think of a compass. A compass is used to find true north, you know, used to navigate And I need help with navigating through life. So the program of recovery gives me uh, these steps, steps 10, 11, and then 12, uh, to help me, step 11, to help me with that navigation. Uh, It gives me three very specific uh, suggestions on how to do this at night. You know, when I retire at night, a purposeful review of my day, which is designed to catch anything that I missed in my step 10, you know, reviewing my day, where did self come in? How did it manifest? My big book tells me I'm self-centered, self-focused, self-absorbed, self-consumed, um, you know, so step 11, that review at night, and then on awakening, ask God to direct my thinking. Again, finding true north so that he, uh, he would, you know, meet, I can meet my problems as he would have me. And then, of course, throughout the day, uh, when agitated or doubtful, again, ask for the right thought or action. Find true north. <laughs> Cast aside my old attitudes, ideas, and emotions, judgments, opinions, wishes, specifications. What does God want from me? Uh, the whole purpose of step 11 is to take my thinking to a different level, a higher level, a more elevated level. Um, you know, gone is the delusion that I can wrest satisfaction out of this life if I only manage all the characters on the stage the way I wish them to be. What does God want me to be? What does he want me uh, to do today um, to help his children? And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Leah M. Okay, Arini. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. Um, um, Irini, gratefully recovered. Thank you, God. Um, Yes. I was tested. I was to test my thinking by the new God conscious within. That's right. So I need to be still and know that God is my source of power. That's the renewing of the mind. Here is my source of my internal power. You know, there's no longer my willpower. It's thy will, not mine, be done. And this is how my thoughts, how do I weigh and measure my thoughts? What will serve me and what will harm me or others? I need to pause. I need to be still and put those sacred spaces between my thoughts so I can have a spirit-guided thought of love, of patience, of understanding, and to be alert, aware, and awake. And this is how we weigh and measure our thoughts. And this is a new God conscious, no longer I, I God, <laughs> a new God. 
so. It's elevating God, and, and it's thy will, not ours, be done. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you so much, Irini. And, oh, my goodness, what an inspired meeting. I want to thank, just thank everyone who has shared to make this meeting possible. Today is uh, Friday. It is uh, March 10th. And the share ID for this meeting, that's a four-digit number, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 9709. So please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. We will now close this meeting with from the big book, a reading from the big book, on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Deb W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Thank you, Janice. Uh, This is Deb W. Recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until the end.